0: Welcome to a Tuesday in the NFL playoffs. It is a Tuesday. We did have the NFL week one playoffs. By the way, first of all, I apologize for not having a podcast for four or five days, but it's been really busy. Things have been going well. Um, I helped my son get ready for college, helped him do his laundry, which basically means I did his laundry, but I didn't fold his shit. I'm like, if your shit's clean, just take it, you know? So he came over to do his laundry from his mom's house. Um who is my ex-wife who lives a couple towns over. And then um my current wife and I live here near Scranton. But anyway, I digress. Um Charlie is back in IUP. Just talked to him. He made his first classes today. Uh he didn't sleep through them, which is good, but he's a junior now and he's got uh he seems to have accepted a lot more responsibility than when you first go away to college and you sleep through a lot of your freshman classes. Uh, my daughter is graduating this year and she 's already talking about having her graduation party over here. Um, we have a big deck in the backyard, which i 'd usually do my podcast from, and um, I think that 's probably where we 'll end up having her graduation party since it 's in the summer, generally, as long as it doesn 't rain, that seems like it would be a good idea and i 've been working a lot, you know things have been going well, and I watched the playoffs. Um, the Giants, I had as somewhat of a dark horse, but watching the Giants in that playoff game, I'm even more optimistic about their chances against the Philadelphia Eagles. So I would not worry about the eight and a half point line. Um, it's going to be a close game. It's a divisional game. But Daniel Jones is playing so much better than he was a couple of years ago um, when he really looked like a bum out there and they were only putting up like 13 points a game. And it's not like he has a great group of receivers either, or he doesn't even have Evan Ingram anymore. So maybe his tight end isn't even as good, but he's just better. He's running the ball at the appropriate times. He's making the throws at the appropriate times. And when he does run the ball, he slides. But people don't realize, um, because he's a tall, lanky white dude, uh, that he is one of the fastest quarterbacks in football. And uh, don't sleep on the New York Giants. Um, Let's see, the other games. Well, obviously, the Jacksonville comeback was interesting. And even though Kansas City is probably going to stomp Jacksonville having the week off and having a game in Kansas City, um, I do like watching Jacksonville. Uh, I really like their coach and Doug Peterson. And I also like the fact that um, their quarterback is also starting to come around. So some of these young quarterbacks are starting to come around. And some of them didn't. And that that's typically how it works anyway. Um, the Jets quarterback ended up sucking. The um, Chicago Bears quarterback, I don't think he's a complete quarterback. I think he runs too much. And I believe he got hurt towards the end of the year because that's what hurt. That's what happens when you run too much as a quarterback. And I don't know that Justin Fields is the answer in Chicago. In fact, I've been on record as saying that I would draft a quarterback because It's very rare that you have the first pick in the draft. You could have both of those guys on your roster. And it's so easy to trade quarterbacks and get um, draft capital back. Having two good quarterbacks is not a bad thing. And people usually counter that with, yeah, but you could get a stud offensive lineman or a stud defensive lineman or a pass rusher. I get that. However, the importance of the quarterback in the NFL is just way beyond any other position I mean any other position is a far second place Uh, whether you're a sackmeister that gets maybe 15 sacks a year or whether you're an offensive lineman that really um, you know you're a left tackle that really keeps your quarterback safe the quarterback position is still by far the most important position so you got the big guy who was the number one pick overall quarterbacking for the Jacksonville Jaguars Against, of course, the um, quarterback for Kansas City, who is a consensus top three quarterback in the league. And then you got Daniel Jones against um, the Eagles quarterback, which that's a pretty good matchup too. Because both of those guys can run. Jalen Hurts can also pass. Um, he's got some really serious weapons. But most, most um, notably, A.J. Brown. And then in the AFC, um, Cincinnati has not been as dominating this year as they've been in other years. Um, their running backs have been banged up a little bit. Um, so I don't know about the Bengals making it to the Super Bowl again this year. Seems unlikely to me. I think Buffalo's just playing better. And I think you're probably going to get the chalk, which is a Buffalo, Kansas City. Now in the NFC, um, you might get an all Um, if Dallas can somehow beat San Francisco, uh, and if they play like they did last night against a rookie quarterback in San Francisco, they could win that game, even in the Bay area. So you could have an all NFC East, um, NFC championship game, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Philadelphia Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. And for someone like me that likes NFC East football, either one of those matchups would be might, would be quite awesome to watch. Um, what else we got going? Oh, yeah, by the way, the, Phil- the Pittsburgh Pirates signed Andrew McCutcheon. He was on the Philadelphia Phillies for a couple of years, but then he went to Milwaukee. And I know that all of the other podcasts probably talked about Andrew McCutcheon all the time already. So, I mean, I don't know anything more that I could say about Andrew McCutcheon other than it's a great move. It's the classy thing to do. It's the right thing to do for the fans. And even if he doesn't have a great year, um, there obviously wasn't a lot of demand for Andrew McCutcheon because they only had to pay him like one year, five million. Uh, but even if he doesn't have a great year with the stick, um, he's going to be at least as good as Ben Gamble, uh, and likely a little more power. Than Gamel had and likely a little more contact than Gammel had as well so uh, it's an upgrade in the outfield um, because you had a glaring hole in this outfield especially if they trade Brian Reynolds prior to um, spring training Um, but every day that goes by it's more likely that Reynolds will be traded at the deadline and not in spring training so we'll have to see what happens there Uh, in any case really great move really great guy he brings his winning personality to the dugout, which is important, um, very important, and he can help guys like um, Jack Sawinski And he can also potentially help if he's still around Cal Mitchell. We'll have to see when they announce Andrew McCutcheon, if Cal Mitchell is the guy that'll be that'll get the axe, or if maybe it'll be another outfielder um, like that one guy they have that's not real prominent. Um, now Cal Mitchell had a negative. .5 whip and most of the guys that had negative um, wars I'm sorry war last year did get let go my cats are fighting in the kitchen you probably heard that um, that kitten is just an instigator man um, most of the guys that have negative wars have already been let go um, two of the pitchers were let go that they traded for Bryce Wilson and Thompson um, also Bly Madris was let go um, and I think there was one other hitter with a negative war besides Cole Tucker that they let go. But the last guy that they still have is Cal Mitchell. And I'm not sure that you can make an argument to keep Cal Mitchell because of his arm in the outfield. Like, I really don't know what he adds to your team unless you're going to play him in center. And he's not the best center fielder. But the reason that they could keep him is because when they sent him back down to Triple A. He batted like 360 or something like that. So, I mean, at least he did what he was told. He went down and he worked hard before he came back up. But it doesn't look like Cal Mitchell was a Major League Baseball player. So if he's not around, obviously Andrew McCutcheon can't help him. But he could help guys like Jiwon Bay or whoever might be in that outfield. Whether there's any help for Swaggerty, I don't think so. I just don't think he has the bat to be in the uh, major leagues. Whether there's any help for a guy like Marcano, I don't think so. I don't think he has the bat to be in the major leagues. And I think that's most of the Pirates' young players is they just aren't good enough to be in the major leagues. But if you look at the team as constructed right now, um, again, the lineup is piss poor. Um, But at least it's a professional ball club this year. And they did make an effort to put out a professional ball club this year. And I will give them props for that. Um, At the catcher position, they have a veteran who can't hit a lick. He can't even lick a lick. He's like a couple licks away from hitting the ball. Um, But he is a very good catcher. He's caught some prominent pitchers in Cleveland. And he's a welcome addition to this squad. And he will hold down the catcher position. I think his name is Austin Hedges or something like that. Trim the hedges. Um, He will hold down the catching position until if Andy Rodriguez gets hot in the minor leagues, um, you could see him come up and catch for this ball club. But I would say that um, I like that addition, you know, and he cost you like seven million bucks. So they did pay something for him, even though they only gave out one year contracts. When I look at the whole thing in its entirety, including Andrew McCutcheon, it's a lot more than I thought they would do. And again, I'm really happy they brought McCutcheon back. I'll take a sip of my tea. Last year, they didn't have any first baseman, not one first baseman. Michael Chavis was not a first baseman. Bly Madris was certainly not a first baseman. God knows who else they threw over there at first base. Um, But this year, they have two guys who could potentially play first base. They have G-Man Choi, um, who is going to arbitration. But he's gonna make like five million bucks, right? And then they also have Carlos Santana, who they paid like six point nine for one year. So um from what I'm hearing, um there's a lot of speculation of whether they'll play um Carlos Santana more often in the designated hitter position than first base, and maybe G Man Choi will be their first baseman. Uh, but in either way, I mean it's a big step forward from what they had at first base last year because you need somebody who's going to catch the ball when you have two middle infielders who can't throw very well in um, O'Neill Cruz and um, uh, whatever the heck that other guy's name is the cell phone guy so you got the cell phone guy at second to start the year I don't think he's going to be a successful hitter Um, he did have one good month but in most of his other time... And he did have a positive war for the year. I'll give him props for that. But he doesn't have a lot of track record. And he has a lot of holes in his swing. So just like catcher, I think that um, you're probably just holding down that position until um, uh, until the uh, prospect is ready. Who I should have had more tea before I did this podcast. Um, before... Bum, 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 bum. Nick Gonzalez. Okay, I didn't look it up, it just came to my mind. How could I forget Nick Gonzalez? I was like championing Nick Gonzalez for quite a long time, especially after he rocked it in the um Arizona Fall League, you know, just a little under a little over one year ago. Um, but Nick Gonzalez, he had some growing pains in double A. Um, first of all. Uh, I think he was hurt a little bit this year. And second of all, Double A pitching is much tougher than hitting in Greensboro. You can't even compare the two. Um just look at what Henry Davis did. Um he batted um probably 300 in Greensboro and he batted 200 in Double A. So, it's just a massive difference. Look at what um look at what um Matt Frazier did. He batted like 300 with a 960 ops in Greensboro, and then he batted 207 in AA. So you really can't judge someone until they've put out numbers in A. But that's the thing about Andy Rodriguez, man. He was just as good in A and he was just as good in triple A. The problem is those were very small sample sizes. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are doing the right thing by starting him in the minor leagues, despite what they say over at NS9. But they don't know. I mean, they like every young player. And they think all the young players are great and all the actual veterans suck. So, I mean, they really are, if anything, they're backwards on the way that Major League Baseball works. Because obviously, like I've said here all offseason, if you're a decent veteran player, somebody's going to pay you and even if you're not that decent at maybe hitting but you can catch the ball somebody's going to pay you and even if you can't catch the ball but you have a track record for hitting in the major leagues somebody's going to pay you you know if you're a, um if you're a veteran pitcher somebody's going to pay you even if you're going to be um a middle a middle relief pitcher so um we also had a guy named Connor Joe that came over in this offseason as well and he's a guy that can also play some outfield. So again, even we're just assuming they're going to trade Reynolds when we're looking at this outfield. Let's say they trade Reynolds. Um, you still have Jack Suwinsky who will get a look, um, an extended look, and he'll get a chance to lose that job. So what I mean is that it's his job until he loses it. So unless he really goes in the tank, which he has a tendency to do, um, Jack Sawinski should stick at corner outfield all year, just like um, I think um, O'Neill Cruz will stick at shortstop all year. I mean, I'm not giving O'Neal Cruz 30 home runs like all the fanboys are, um, but I will say that he hits the ball really hard. He just still, he only batted .249 in the Venezuelan League, a hitter-friendly league this winter, so he's still has a lot of work to do as far as making contact. But he got his average up to like 236 last year, and they're not going to be shifting him this year. So, I mean, I'm, I'm somewhat high on O'Neal Cruz, but not as high as um, some of these other guys. I'm still not high on Rodolfo Castro. I think he's going to be gone when Nick Gonzalez is ready. And who knows? I mean, here's the crazy thing about Key Brian Hayes. Two years ago... Everybody said it was because of his wrist. He didn't hit well because of his wrist. He was just, it takes so long to recover from wrist injuries. There's a million bones in there, right? So he had a pretty low OPS two years ago. Lo and behold, his OPS was 20 points lower this year after all that saga. And now at the end of the season, they're saying he had a bad back all year. So as much as I like Key Brian Hayes, I'm not as high on him as I once was. I still love his glove. Um, I'm not happy with the eating sunflower seeds, and I hope that he grows up a little bit. But I still love his glove. Um, but his bat, it's just not as good as we thought he had the potential to be. Um, now, that could still jump. You know, apparently the guy that um, was just signed by the Cubs, the shortstop for Atlanta... His bat didn't come around for a lot of years, you know, and then his bat came around. Don't forget that guy that the Pittsburgh Pirates had maybe 15 years ago who um, didn't hit many home runs on the Pirates, but then went to the American League and he hit like 30 home runs for three or four years or maybe even more than that. So sometimes your bat comes around late. Sometimes your pitching comes around late, too, especially if you're a um, left-handed pitcher. So you never know. But some guys just don't have the, um, the talent. Um, and I think that's sort of what you're looking at with like Rodolfo Castro. He's not very good defensively. And I think that pitchers are going to exploit him offensively. But the fact that you have Connor Joe in the outfield to go along with Andrew McCutcheon, to go along with Jack Sawinski and to go along with a newcomer like G1 Bay um, or whoever else they might throw out there. I don't understand why you would throw Marcano in the outfield, but they could. Um, I, like I said, you don't have to bring, um, Cal Mitchell back because he's likely not a major league player, but you could. So at least they have a lot of things to work with in the outfield and you don't have to worry about, um, you know, playing young guys that don't seem like they should be in the major leagues like Travis Swaggerty. Uh, and then again, as we look forward to the season, which I am looking forward to the season again, because they signed some veterans Because they did bring in um, some guys who play actual positions. And they brought in some guys to help along the young players. I am excited about this season. Probably the thing I'm most excited about, though, believe it or not, is um, seeing how um, Nick Gonzalez is going to be at second base. I want to see how he does at second base. And, uh, of course, I'm excited about Indy Rodriguez. But I just want to see him get some more at-bats in the minor leagues. Um, most of the damage that he's done has been in um, Bradenton and Greensboro. And those other two places were short stints. So he really needs an extended stint uh, at either A AA or Triple A before he comes up this year. But I am very excited about finally seeing Nick Gonzalez. And I'm excited about seeing um, Mike Burroughs. So here's the rotation. And you're not counting on guys like, um, and this is a smart thing. You know, they sign guys to be placeholders, so you don't have to count on these guys to come in. I really like the Rich Hill signing, and uh, it's because Brew Baker only has to be a number four starter. So if he ends up having a 4.50 ERA, that would be okay on a team like the Pirates as a number four starter. So you have Mitch Keller trying to um, defend his first successful year, uh, and I don't see why he wouldn't. You know, he's really took some strides last year. And I don't see why he wouldn't. Keep getting better or at least remain like a decent pitcher. Um, same thing with Roanzie Contreras. Roanzie is a guy that can really benefit from Austin Hedges. Uh, and I'm really excited to watch him in a full year where they're not messing around with his eligibility. Um, and then Rich Hill obviously can help all these guys, especially a guy like Burroughs. And then you have um, JT Brubaker as your number four. So it really doesn't really matter um who your number five is. Oviedo could start in the bullpen. Um Velasquez could start in the bullpen. And all these other guys that are fringe guys that may have gotten starts before can just start in the bullpen, which is kind of nice. And then when you need a fifth starter, um later in the year, if all those guys stay healthy, then you could bring up a Michael Burroughs, you know, in July after you guaranteed his um his year of eligibility, and, you know, I think that he will be okay as a starting pitcher to start out. I mean, I do think he'll be inconsistent like most starting pitchers, but I think some of his starts will be pretty good, and some of his starts will be just okay, and whether he's as good as Rowanzi Contreras his first year, I don't know. That's a tall task, Um, and Rowanzi is extremely mature. Um in his game. Um, but. I do like the idea. Of Mike Burroughs coming up this year. I like the idea. So there's at least three young guys. That I'm looking forward to seeing this year. Um, who have a chance. To. Um, be exciting to watch. And that's Mike Burroughs. That is. Um, actually I'll throw a fourth one in there. G1 Bay has looked pretty good. Um, that is. Um, Quinn Priester I'll throw in there and that is Nick Gonzalez I'll throw in there and that is also um, Andy Rodriguez so that's more than three (laughs) I think that's probably like five which is good man I mean and they went out and signed some veterans so overall I think this team is probably going to be last in runs but I think their ERA will certainly be better and I I'm not Setting aside the possibility that they could win 67 or 68 games. But I think we're just gonna have to wait and see um what happens in um with uh what happens with Brian Reynolds, number one, and you know, what happens in spring training, who stays healthy, how they're looking and such. Um, uh, but that's something to look forward to. Pitchers and catchers are less than a month away. We got football playoffs. We got um, championship weekend coming up in a couple weeks. Then we got the Super Bowl. We got March Madness coming up. As much as it is cold sometimes, you know, as much as um, the days are short and that can be annoying, it's a pretty fun time of the year if you're a sports fan. So enjoy it. Peace out. We love you.